If you're a real estate agent and you're tired of cold calling, door knocking, and spending money on ads, then subscribe to this podcast. We discuss leveraging the power of YouTube for your real estate business and how these strategies earned us over $1 million in GCI our first year in real estate. My name is Levi Lassick and my partner is Travis Plum. Let's get started. Noye, Noye, what's up, my man? Uh, Olivier, how, how are you doing? Haven't seen you around in a while. Uh, as far as I know. So uh, good to see you, old friend. Let's see, Kelsey, we got a new a new person on the platform. Kelsey, uh-oh, watch out. And Rue. <laughs> Rue, that picture cracks me up every time I see it. It's a good, it's a good one. Deborah, what's up, Deborah? Uh, Suzanne, Susan, Jason down there. We, he's a newbie as well. Got the little party popper. Let's welcome them in the chat. Valerie, Valerie as well. Um, not much online, too much, uh, too much video to do. All right, that's right, that's right. So Olivia says, spending too much time making videos. That's right. You know, that's the thing is sometimes it's, uh, it's kind of like if you don't see me that much, it doesn't mean that I'm not working. It just means I'm probably working pretty hard behind the scenes. So, so it's funny. Uh, we'll get into the topic here in just a second. Uh, and for those of you that will be watching the video podcast, for the for those that don't know, so of course, this this content uh, that we record live, so I can answer any questions at the end, uh, you know, goes on our podcast. So if you haven't downloaded, if you haven't downloaded uh, Passive Prospecting YouTube for Real Estate, uh, you should be able to find it just through Passive Prospecting on iTunes, Spotify, uh, YouTube as well. Uh, so these rooms like we're having today typically go on the podcast within uh, two weeks or so. Probably uh, is probably the time frame on the YouTube channel. We're way behind on that. Uh, so we're way behind. But, you know, YouTube just came out with official podcasting, uh, you know, tabs on the YouTube channel, which is pretty cool. So we've been trying to catch up. I think right now we're, if you're listening to this, this will be like episode 80 or so. And on the channel, we've only been able to get through 45 uh, uploaded so far. But we're in the video portion now of the podcast on YouTube. Whenever I first started recording these, I was just recording the audio and and then uh, you know it's like what we're video people how come we're not actually I was recording uh, reels off to the side I had a, a vertical camera so I recorded a lot of these on a vertical camera so that they could be repurposed into reels but then it was like well why not just record them horizontally uh, which we can always crop in for reels as well and then uh, we have that for the video podcast we can upload to YouTube later so that's a great way and that's how you maximize everything maximize as much of your content as possible is by documenting recording everything and and so now uh for those of you that will be seeing the video podcast i just wanted to share this real quick uh i'll just explain it to to those of you listening right now but d magazine actually i just posted a, a reel on my instagram about this too but d magazine came out with uh, every year they do the best real estate agents in dallas you know d magazine is like the premier magazine of all of dallas and it's just something that i've always had a I always kind of like had this back of the mind dream of being featured in d magazine although i was never really in a business or industry before in the last 20 plus years that would likely get me featured in d magazine unless i became this superstar entrepreneur like Mark Cuban or something like that. But again, you know, coming from a small town, I grew up with a, a small mentality, I think, uh, you know, it, and and that was just kind of the way it was. But, you know, as my education has grown, as my mind has grown, I have learned to think bigger. And, you know, it was one of these things that uh, I didn't even know this happened, but it was brought up to me yesterday that, hey, you know, we saw you as one of the top teams in all of Dallas at the D Magazine Gala, which I, you know, I guess we didn't even get the invite for or something. Uh, I didn't know. So I was like, oh, well, I got to go out and pick up a copy of D Magazine and just check it out for myself. And I did that and I've run through here and you're going to see uh, on the video portion, I've got, there's pages and pages of the top real estate agents that they're listing in here. But I love it is at the very back, the very, very back, the last group, I guess they saved the best for last, right? The last group says, uh, 
2022 sales volume of 75 million or more for groups. So think about that. Over 75 million uh, for a team, basically. And there's only 25 teams in Dallas Fort Worth, you know, featured uh, or that have produced over 75 million for 2022. And there we are, right in the middle, a living in Dallas, Texas team with EXP Realty. And it's like, there it is, black and white, uh, black and white. And it's funny because, you know, you know, we always, we are always, uh, we're working on, you know, helping others do this the same. And, and we get a lot of interesting comments on our post and things like that. You know, people are, 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 uh, fact finders, right? They're investigators always looking for, uh, you know, things. And so anytime I post and talk about results or, you know, what we've done, then I'm always happy to show anybody, first of all. But second of all, you know, numbers can be skewed throughout everywhere. And, you know, they're always like, well, how come I don't see, uh, I don't see your volume on Zillow or Realtor? And, and it's, that's a very simple question. We don't link to those platforms. You have to link the MLS to those platforms. First of all, we've never used Zillow or Realtor uh, for leads. So therefore, uh, we don't get reviews there. We get Google reviews which by the way, you can go check out our Google page and you'll see over 150, uh, as of the last time I saw 150 Google reviews that are all legit from, from clients, you know, so from closing those transactions. But, but also, you know, we have a team. So we have a team and we do a split with, we do straight splits with our team, which means if we have a team member and we do a 50-50 split, 50% goes in our name, 50% goes in their name. And actually, really, because I'm partnered up with Travis, 25% goes in my name. So even if you do find sales volume for myself, it's really only going to be about 25% uh, of what the actual number is. Uh, but at the same time, uh, whatever reason, even like when uh, within EXP, like EXP, I know our individual numbers are, they're having a hard time with, with tracking that. We are the number eight, but if you look in EXP, we are the number eight team in all of exp uh in the the state of texas so that's uh you know with the over 45 million year to date uh, and so it's something like that but you have something like this like d magazine that comes out and shows your volume for 2022 now it says over 75 million we did over 97 million in 2022 86.1 million of that was from youtube alone all right, so we did uh, we did yeah, about another 11 million from referrals, really uh, referrals and and uh, and that was really it, yeah, referrals because <laughs> we didn't really market. Now this year, this year we're working on uh, some LSA ads. We're doing some PPC uh, campaigns to test out some things to to diversify because we don't want to be only. Uh, only backed into a corner just on YouTube. YouTube's been amazing. Uh, over 30 million of our production so far this year has come from YouTube, which is great, right? But we want to do more than that. Uh, we want to break 100 million this year. So we're going to have to step up with some paid strategy uh, because we notice how the uh, our YouTube channel does shift with the market. And last year at the first half of the year, I mean, the phone was ringing completely off the hook. Uh, last half of the year kind of died down a little bit, of course, when interest rates jumped up to six, six and a half percent. But we still made it through that, still closed out the year with 86 million. You know, so for this year, uh, we were, were on pace to close around 60, probably between 60 to 65 million from YouTube. So that's about 20 million shy from last year. So, you know, you can look at that a couple of different ways. You could look at, oh, well, YouTube's dying or no, nah, I don't think so. I mean, think about this. If we could close 65 million from YouTube with 7% interest rates, which is what they've been at for the entire year, pretty much 7% interest rates and that most of that coming on the buy side, that's pretty powerful. Can you imagine what's going to happen if these rates drop a half a percent or a percent? or get anywhere close to six or five and a half, what's going to happen in the market, you probably know what's gonna happen in the market. And so we're, we're in the best position, in my opinion, to capture that. And that's the, that's the cool opportunity. But it all comes down to making the, the right videos, right? Not making the wrong videos, which is the topic we wanna really kinda of cover today. 
And, you know, thank you for letting me rant there. I just wanted to share that. It's pretty cool just to to see the name there in the D magazine. It's just those things you see, uh, at, you know, it's kind of like, like watching Million Dollar Listing. You know, I've always been a fan of real estate, always been interested in real estate, always uh, just wanted, I always kind of had that dream to be a full-time investor, you know, but uh, I never really saw the clear path to it. I, I dabbled in investments before. I've done some fix and flips, rentals, Airbnb, and I just could never make, turn it into a full-time business. But I always loved real estate shows. You know, when it came to uh, TV, I'm not a, really a big TV watcher, but I was always, always loved the the real estate shows. I even watched them in the beginning. If you remember, there was this one guy called Armando, I think, in San Antonio. He had a flipping show. I think it was on A&E or something like that. I'm not even sure what that show was called. If you, if you remember that show, let me know in the chat. Allow me to take a quick break to remind you that we have very important links in the description below. If you want the full story of how we closed over 1 million in commissions our first year and over 2.3 million in commissions our second year, check out the first link. Also, you have the link to our number one Amazon best-selling book, Passive Prospecting. Last, if you enjoy this podcast and you're a giving person, leave a five-star review, please. Now back to the episode. And uh, that was... Armando, his name was Armando, I think, in San Antonio, and he flipped a lot of, you know, little $100,000 houses, $200,000 houses, but I was just always intrigued by that. When Million Dollar Listing came out, I was intrigued by Million Dollar Listing. I thought, man, what a great show, and I watched um, since episode one of Million Dollar Listing New York. So you watch somebody like Ryan Serhant, uh, you know, for 10 plus years, and I didn't have cable or anything like that, so I would... I would buy the just the season of that on iTunes or something and just watch the season whenever it'd come out. And, you know, something I always enjoyed. But you sit there and watch uh, somebody like Ryan Serhant for 10 years, and I would never think I'd be like, oh, you know, that'd be cool. It'd be cool to meet him one day or, or Frederick or, you know, whoever else is on the show. I always thought, but probably not ever going to happen because I'm not in real estate. I'm not an agent, you know, yada, yada, yada. And then you fast forward and – uh you fast forward and within uh, within two years of the industry, not only am I speaking on stage with him, having dinner, but then he writes the foreword for the book, Passive Prospecting. And it's just amazing how your life can change and the direction it can take in a very short period of time, especially when you focus 100% on something. I think, you know, for me with YouTube, this was the first time uh, in my 20-year career that I really like went all in on one thing. Just, I just said- It's just you, not the same as a broad spectrum SEO uh, strategy. Oh, Levi, do we have you back? Yeah, oh, I did, uh, did you lose me? Yes, we couldn't hear you for about five minutes there. A whole five minutes? Yep. Oh my goodness. You're gonna have to repeat it. <laughs> oh. And I'll pass it back to Levi. Where did, uh, where did I drop off? Well, it sounded like you dropped off about when you jumped into your car. It was a while ago, so I'm forgetting where you actually ended the conversation. Oh, You're I'm still talking about the D magazine and the what you made this year, and that is YouTube like gonna go away? And no, of course not. And different things that obviously worked on YouTube. Oh, okay. Well, that was a lot. Wow, and I haven't, I didn't get in my car. I'm sitting in the exact same spot, <laughs> so. Oh, it sounded well. Maybe somebody else turned off their or turned on their microphone. It looked like somebody connected oh, to. Oh, uh, you know Bluetooth. what? <laughs> you know what? They're um, I'm t they're taking my Bronco to get. I had to replace the windshield because it cracked, and I have a I have a UV tint on the windshield, oh, and and so okay. they're taking the Bronco right now to get the UV tint back on the front windshield. And I bet you my phone just switched over to Bluetooth. So whoever would- Yep, it so, sounded like your car turned on, so. Uh-huh, okay, all right. <laughs> Mystery solved. Gotcha. Well, there you go. All right, well, that was a really good five minutes <laughs> that I was just uh, freestyling on now. But if you're watching the video version of this later down the road, then I'm, uh, I'm gonna have to apologize. Maybe we'll edit this part out, I don't know. I'll have to, cause I'm gonna have to go back and repeat. So. It was, uh, let me see, D Magazine, I was talking about, I was talking about, uh, you know, I think 
just the cool thing about being featured in D Magazine. It's something that you know I've I've read and sifted and, and seen D Magazine on the shelves of Dallas for the last 20 plus years. And as the premier magazine, it's one of those things. And I would see every year they come out with the issue best real estate agents or best doctors or best restaurants. You know, they kind of have those types of series that it's a feature in these different magazines. And so it was just something that I've always looked at and I've said, man, that would be really cool to be in there. But uh, but also, I'm, you know, I wasn't doing anything to to earn that. But now now that we have, it's just kind of cool to see that. And I'm surprised they didn't invite us to the gala that they had. So even though we're in the top 25 teams of all of Dallas-Fort Worth. So anyways, that's pretty cool. I won't bore you with the whole Ryan Serhant stuff. You'll have to go back. I was really kind of talking about the same thing with Ryan Serhant where I watched the, the, the series, you know, since day one, even though I wasn't in real estate. And it's just one of those far-fetched ideas where it's kind of like, oh, yeah, would it be cool to meet Ryan Serhant one day? Yeah, yeah, it would. But it's probably not likely going to happen because I'm not in real estate and I'm not in these circles of where you meet TV people and things like that. So, But, you know, within two years of this business, you know, I'm having dinner with him. Uh, I'm speaking on stage with him. And then he writes the forward for the book, Passive Prospecting. And it's just amazing how quickly your life can change and and how if you focus on one thing and that that's what I was leading into was that, you know, YouTube was kind of like the first thing that I really felt like I focused all in on and, you know, just de devoted 100 percent to that versus like starting out with something at 60 or 80% because I wasn't all the way in there and I always kind of had something like a side hustle and and this was this came up uh, what was I listening to something yesterday they're talking about side oh, I was reading in a book um, about and they're talking about side hustles and I just think a side hustle could be a good thing it could be a very dangerous thing too because if you if it pulls you away from focusing a hundred percent on your goal I, I really believe that you will likely make more money focusing on your primary goal than trying to have a, a side hustle to supplement that income. But it depends on where you're at. Now, if you have a job and your side hustle is real estate, did you lose me again? Nope, I can hear you. Okay. Uh, you know, if your side hustle is real estate and you're trying to get out of the job, well, then clearly you're not focused 100% on the job. Now, does that take away from your focus on real estate 100%? Yes, a little bit. But here's the good thing about having a job. The good thing about having a job is that you have a steady income. At least you should, right? You know exactly what you're getting paid once or twice a month. And you likely have set hours, which means you know exactly when you're going to work and when you're coming home, uh, I assume. And so therefore, if you plan accordingly around that, then your side hustle can, can uh, actually take over that position. But if you're focused on real estate or if you're focused on uh, a platform and you start to venture into multiple platforms and that's where I, I get concerned about being distracted. And so for me to focus 100% on YouTube and really learn everything I can, and really I st we still haven't even branched off into other platforms. I'm still, I don't feel like I've mastered YouTube. So, you know, if I start digging into TikTok and Instagram, I'm really concerned I, I will lose focus on, on YouTube. And do we post there? Yeah, sure, absolutely. We do have presence there, but I'm not... I'm not researching TikTok and Instagram and how to grow the audience there. I mean, it's just I'm just letting that happen. I want to focus on how do I how do I generate business from YouTube more and more. And just the more I dig in, the more I learn. And every time I learn something, I feel like I learn something that completely uh, is the opposite of what I just learned at the same time. But it all comes down to you and your channel testing things. You know, we're talking about video strategies that don't work on YouTube today. And what I really want to get into there is that you have to test everything. Test everything. It's funny because uh, I did talk about this uh, on Monday in a mastermind group. And I was like, look, we just posted a new video. I'm in competition with myself, first and foremost. My goal, the cool thing about YouTube is it tells you 
you know, the ranking of your last 10 videos. So in my opinion, like I'm trying to get to number one every single time we post a new video. And right now this video we posted uh, is number one. It's beating the number two video by over 1500 views. So that tells me we're on the right track. Now the video before that I posted landed like number four out of 10. So as far as views and everything in the, in the beginning of it, was not the best. Now that was a listing video as well. So the listing videos I don't expect and usually don't just come roaring out of the gate. Uh, they do generate interest, but it's that wasn't a multi-million dollar property. And you know, therefore I didn't expect it, but at the same time, that's what it did. And right now it is it's still number five. Actually that video is still number five out of ten. So it still outperformed five other of the of the last ten videos that we published, but this last one we published, now it's out, it's number one and it's outperforming by 1500 views, which is really good. And, and um, that's great. But now that means the next video that comes out is I'm gonna want that to outperform that one, which is constantly getting me to evaluate and adjust and see how I can improve and do things uh, better. Uh, we threw a new thumbnail on this video and it is uh, it's starting to take off again. It's getting picked up in browse and this is something that we've been working on this strategy for the last couple of months. Really just how to how to get more targeted browse traffic. We're not trying to go viral. Uh, that's not necessarily the goal because I don't think that's a, a, a target audience but we do want to get picked up more and more uh, on browse to get pushed out. Search becomes our backup. Search becomes uh, you know what we want to happen because if YouTube decides to stop pushing that video out through browse and we can fall back on search then we can still be up there and ranked uh, with with our videos but what videos don't work I mean you know I, I would say experiment and try almost anything however videos that I have seen that really don't work uh, over and over again I just haven't seen a lot of them that have ever done well uh, number one would probably be interviews with business owners. <laughs> so that is just something that now if there's a snippet of it, if there's like a short little clip of, you know, 5, 10, 15, 20, 30 seconds of you asking them a question or something and that's kind of intertwined in your video, that could be interesting. But to say to create a whole video about uh, birds coffee shop, I don't know, bluebirds coffee shop, let's say you know, go in there, talk to the owner, interview them, make a video out of that. I just, I don't think number one, that's what any audience person is, uh, any, anybody as far as your avatar is searching for. Um, you know, when people, you got to think about what people are thinking whenever they want to move. And if they're moving to an area, I think most people assume that there's going to be good restaurants. There's going to be good coffee shops. And there's going to be, uh, you know, those types of things around that they will have access to. And so they're thinking about other things. What's, uh, what area do we want to be in? What school districts do we want to be a part of? You know, what, uh, you know, do we want to be close to work, close to relatives, you know, budget, uh, price rank, you know, those types of things really kind of fall into place. So the coffee shop down the street and the owner of that coffee shop is probably, not an interesting topic plus it's not really that search but anytime i've found those types of videos on other channels i've never really seen one that was uh, a takeoff hit <laughs> you know it wasn't uh now that works different for anthony bourdain you know clearly he built out a whole tv show around that but you know anthony also told the story around that area he was traveling to he told that story started out in the neighborhood you know what's happening things to do and then he would stop in and of course it was a food show really on i believe that was on the food network and he then he would stop in and hang out like with the guy at the restaurant and it was about the food and the culture and they talked a little bit more it wasn't like uh you know, just straight interview style. It was more like conversation. So, you know, I think something like that could be intertwined in there where it could be a, a small portion of the video if that's something you really wanted to do, if you want to provide value. I mean, for us, I typically stop in a coffee shop. I love that anyways. I absolutely love coffee shops. And I think the viewers know that. 
So we're going to stop in a coffee shop and we might as well turn that into a piece of content, but maybe we're there for, uh, you know, getting a coffee for a minute or two, but maybe I'll stop and sit at the back of the coffee shop or outside the coffee shop. And then I use it as a backdrop and use that in the video. And maybe I talk to the owner and I don't interview them on camera, but I get some good information out of them. And then I can go back and I can relay that information to the viewer and say, hey, you know, I was just speaking with the owner, which by the way, his name is Joe, super cool guy. And actually I did that in a video, a couple of videos ago, it hasn't come out yet, but I was talking to the coffee shop owner and he moved here from California uh, to, to the Dallas area. And not because he had to, because he wanted to. He came here to volunteer with the local church to do some electrical work for them. So he stayed for like two or three weeks uh, to help them get this church back up into shape, help out the community. And he told me, he's like, I just, I just fell in love with the community and the area. And he's like, I went back packed up all my stuff and my family and knew this was going to be a better, uh, you know, opportunity said just, you know, God was talking to me and I, I made the move down here. And so there's a couple of really good nuggets from that. And so the, I kind of relayed that information in the video. Cause whenever I left out of the coffee shop, I was like, all right, got my iced Americano. Make sure you stop by uh, bluebirds coffee shop. It's amazing. And by the way, I just spoke to the owner named Joe and Joe told me he just moved here from California, probably the same as a lot of you are considering doing. Now, he didn't move here because he had to. Uh, he wasn't getting transferred with his job. He wasn't fleeing high taxes or restrictions or, you know, things, uh, issues in the school district like a lot of people tell us they are. But he came down here to volunteer with the church for a couple of weeks, fell in love with the community and, and felt like this was the place he had to be. And so he picked up his family, moved down here, and guess what? He bought a house. Now, he didn't find our channel, unfortunately, but it goes to show that uh, a couple of things, that people are buying and selling homes every single day in this market, regardless of interest rates. Uh, and not because they have to, you're going to find people that want to move. You're going to find people like Joe that's, that said, man, this is my choice. I'm making the choice to to in the life in California to move on from there and start a new one and because I want to. And so, you know, and that's the opportunity that you have. And we capture people like that from YouTube all the time, not just people that want to move, but people that have to move. You think about others that, you know, um, have kids, um, you know, have, you know, get married, uh, get a divorce. Uh, they get job transfer. They're the company's moving here all these different scenarios, those people have to move. And then you have the ones that want to move. They're just ready and they know it's time for a change. Maybe moving over the last couple of years wasn't a good fit for them, but now it is. And even though interest rates are 7%, they're like, well, you know, it is what it is. We're going to, we, we're not going to wait around to start our life based off of an interest rate. So, you know, again, being the most vis visible agent in your market right now is going to be the agents that win, in my opinion. Now, how are you visible? Either you're going to be visible on video or you're going to be visible by making more phone calls or knocking more doors or sending out more postcards. One way or another, you've got to be more visible. So, you know, interviews, just straight interviews with owners of businesses, probably not a good idea. Plus, they could be really boring. You know, not everybody is uh, as good on camera as you are. So if you get a boring person or they're not that conversational or I don't know, it's just, you know, it could turn into something that you just, you know, it just doesn't work out well. So that would be something that we'd probably steer clear of uh, restaurant owner interviews, uh, even interviews in general. Uh, I don't know. People uh, sometimes they ask about doing podcast. Again, I've just never seen any of that work really. And so, you know, those are just some things that you might want to uh, keep an eye on. Chrissy, anything you want to add to that? Yeah, I mean, I, I would just say all the same things that you said, but also as far as just like the overall strategy of, of releasing videos on YouTube, there's a couple of things that I would definitely say to also stay away from aside from content. Um, paid ads is something I get asked about all the time. Should I put a little bit of ad spend behind my videos? Should I, you know, run ads from another channel to my, to my videos? And my answer is always no. 
And this is the reason why. I mean, it will skew your analytics for you because you're choosing your audience instead of letting YouTube formulate your audience for you based on who's engaging with your videos. So it's always better to go the slow and steady route rather than trying to speed up uh, or enhance your vanity metrics. Those are really not that important in the grand scope of things. What's really important is who's interacting with your channel. And organically, you're going to find a whole lot of a better audience if you just allow that to create itself based on what you're creating. Um, and then the second thing I would say is don't delete your content. That's something that I've, I've also been asked about quite a bit is, oh man, Hello? So your performance is reduced across the board, especially if you do that frequently. Um, you know, there is the occasional uh, time where maybe you find a mistake in the video that's a significant enough mistake that you feel like, okay, I need to unlist that, fix it, and republish it. That's acceptable to do. However, I would definitely never delete anything because when you delete analytics, you delete data. And that data can help you learn a lesson, help you do things better in the future. And there's also opportunities to re-optimize something uh, versus deleting something. And I'd always defer to re-optimizing something before I try to even enlist something and definitely before I delete it. So definitely don't do that. That can definitely mess up your analytics and I would advise against that. But between those two things, those are things that I've had a, several questions about in the past week. So I just thought I'd mention those. Yeah, another one, I mean, uh, shorts, that's uh, also another video that that's a topic that comes up quite a bit. And I, I'm just still completely on the fence on, on shorts because I do know that they can definitely get you some views. Uh, I know some channels that, that post a lot of shorts, but I think you, you definitely want to build your content off of long form. You want to build your foundation off of long form. You know, we've experimented with shorts. I, I don't think they've hurt the channel. Some some may say that don't ever publish a short, it'll kill your channel. I, I don't really believe that. Um, a lot of our, our shorts are still uh, coming back. Now that shorts are searchable as well, if I actually look and go into uh, shorts by themselves, I think we've gotten like 8,000, last time, yeah, 8,000 views in the last month from shorts that we posted. We've only posted two batches of shorts on the channel, uh, both times I was testing and looking at some things, didn't tank the channel, didn't kill it, and also, and also, it's uh, it's just fine. They're actually still getting found through search, and so they're still popping up and still bringing, uh, bringing views to the channel. Let me see here. Let me click on my shorts real quick and just give you the exact number in the last 28 days. Yep, actually it's 8,000. Uh, actually it's 8,000, 8,000 views just from shorts in the last uh, 28 days, and 72% of that has come from YouTube search. So those are still getting found. That could create if people are searching that type of content, which we made it on things to do and places to eat in Dallas, Texas. That's something that. Uh, maybe you do a short on a restaurant if you really want to do that. Um, but, you know, is that capturing the right viewer for your channel? And probably not, but it does create awareness. But, you know, again, if you can get, uh, you know, people to subscribe no matter where they're at. Uh, some people also say that they don't want real estate agents watching their channel, which I, I don't have a problem with that. I know we get a lot of exposure, especially with real estate agents, and I'm I'm happy if you watch our channel. All I ask is that if you watch a video, watch it in its entirety. Uh, at least give us some good view duration. But but I've had so many agents reach out and say, "Love your channel. I would like to refer you a client." And so from a, a referral standpoint, it's worked really well from us. Uh, really well for us on that. So that's something that uh, shorts, I think you have to experiment. What I wouldn't do is just go crazy posting um, two, three, four shorts a day and one long form content. I would build long form content as a, as a solid foundation where you're generating business. And then from there, uh, once you're generating business, you have a solid foundation of long form content. If you want to do some experiments there, 
it's worth experimenting with. Hey, you could you could uh, crack the code on shorts. Uh, we've gotten a, a lot of views from shorts, uh, but I can't tell you. I mean, nobody's ever said, hey, love that short form video. That's why we gave you a call. Uh, that hasn't happened. Um, you know, they do say they do say love all your videos. But that's probably not. Let me see. I'm just looking at shorts again. Yeah, we've had over one hundred and sixty one thousand views uh, just from shorts. So and they're still growing steady. If you look at the chart, you'll see the spikes where we posted shorts when we did the two experiments and we got huge spikes in views. Uh, and then it's steady growth. It steadily grows because they're getting picked up in search. So from a long term standpoint, it doesn't appear like shorts hurt our channel, uh, you know, but did they help? I don't know, but if they find a few more people and that creates awareness and then they find the channel and they become subscribers, then then yeah, that would be that would be good. So we got interviews, we got uh, deleting videos. Uh, what else do we have, uh, Chrissy? I think a big one is also obsessing over all of the analytics because there's so many statistics and analytics on YouTube and I think that you can get information overload very easily and it can be very overwhelming and maybe even stop you from doing your videos. I think it's important to pay attention to some of the really important analytics um, like the, the click-through rate, your overall reach, uh, the sources, the traffic sources, uh, where your traffic is coming from, uh, how much engagement you're getting, your comments. Uh, watch time, view duration, you know, there are some, and we talk about these in depth in the course as well, but, you know, there's a lot of little statistics here and there that if you kind of dial down too deep, especially at the very beginning, you can probably overwhelm yourself to the point where you don't want to do YouTube anymore. As long as you're paying attention to those key analytics, that's really what matters. Another, another good one is also obsessing over your subscriber count and your overall uh, views, especially at the very beginning. I get you know, in the video editing program, sometimes I'll have the complaint after the first or second video that there's only 15 or 20 views on their video. But you have to remember that it's a slow game. YouTube is not an overnight success platform where you can just immediately go viral. You need to make sure that you're doing it the slow and steady path. You're doing your SEO correctly from the very beginning and it will snowball for you. So if you obsess over the vanity metrics, a lot of times it can be very deceiving. And we have agents that they have, you know, under 100 subscribers a lot of time before they get their first call. We've even had some people who've had under 100 subscribers and they've actually closed a deal. So overall, those vanity metrics mean very little in the long run. And you need to kind of be looking more at the individual performance of each of these videos rather than the overall, you know, subscriber count and, you know, the virality of your videos. Yeah, I don't know anybody that we work with that is um, could tell me anything about their analytics, but they just know they're doing business. And I just I just interviewed uh, Preston Gell, who's in our backyard. Uh, his his episode will be coming out on our podcast shortly, but he's in our backyard of Dallas. So he's competing directly with us. And he's got 1,400 subscribers and is going to close 500,000 in commissions from his channel this year. And you know what he said? He said it took him, took him 90 days to get the first phone call, six months to close the first deal. And by the end of the first year, he had only, I say only, but he closed five deals from the first year. And of course, he's in our backyard competing with our channel. Five deals in his first year. And now this is his second year in the business uh, or on YouTube. And he's already closed 356000 in commissions now and on pace to do 500000 by the end of the year. And my favorite thing was that he told me uh, I'm working less and making more money. He goes, I golf once a week. I spend all Wednesday afternoons with my with my kids. That's like our Wednesday afternoon thing. And, and uh, you know, it's just amazing to hear that. That And he's like, I'm, he, used to, he used to do Zillow leads, uh, call friends and family, scrape and claw his way to, to doing business. And he's like, dude, this is, it was the hardest thing in the beginning, but it's the easiest thing now that, that he's ever done. And now, now it's given him that time freedom. And he's a simple guy, you know, and you go from, you go from doing that to uh, to five hundred thousand in, in GCI uh, on this year. It's a it's a pretty big deal. But still, right now he's got fourteen hundred subscribers, 
And I will take that. I would take that with that amount of subscribers. That's that's what it's all about. That's actually that could be more. He's he's on pace to do more with the subscribe with a less subscriber account than us. You know, so I think at the end of year one, we had 7,000 subs, you know, but we'd hit a million. So he's doing half a million with 1,400. So he's getting some really good quality people. Now, is he stealing those people from us? <laughs> Who knows? Would they have called us if they didn't, if he didn't have a channel? I don't know, maybe. But uh, again, no one channel is ever going to capture all the business in a market. So even if there is five, 10 or 15 channels out there, people are going to watch them and they're going to call the person that they relate the most with. And so that's uh, that's a good video not to make is don't make a video that is not you, you know, that is uh, a, some character that is that is a complete ripoff of something else or someone else. It just you have to be you. You have to dig out your own information. And if you're in Dallas, you know, Preston can draw inspiration from our videos, but he's not going to turn around and copy my videos word for word and, and try to be me. He's himself, you know, and that's what attracts the business to him. That's what attracts the business to us is our personalities. I did have one person. There was one person in Dallas. I got them to stop, though. They were directly downloading my videos and posting them on their channel. Uh, you know, uh, that's 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 crossing the line right there. Okay. It's one thing to watch the channel, get some inspiration. It's another thing to download the videos and then post them on your own channel, which I just was completely bizarre. Got them to remove all those, but Hey, it was interesting to, to say the least. But anyways, let me see. I'm going to go in the chat real quick, check a couple of quick questions. And, oh, and just to add to that, Levi, like we uh -huh. talked about all the time. We talk about copying versus modeling and it, the reason beyond just you know, stealing other people's content, which is wrong, right? Beyond that, it really comes down to the authenticity of you on camera. Video is so transparent. If you are forcing something that you are not uniquely designed to do, it's so easy to tell that you're uncomfortable, that you're reading a script, that you're doing something outside of your, your comfort zone. It's so easy to see that on video. So really the success is directly linked to your ability to be authentic on video. If you're not actually doing what you're designed to do, it, you're going to fall flat on your face. And truly it shows in the analytics, I've seen it with a lot of people who try to word for word copy uh, other brands in their area or even Levi's channel, you know, I've seen them try to copy it word for word and they do very, very poorly. When they decide to just step out and start to show their own personality, that's when the analytics start to rise. So it more than just copying somebody else for the ethics of it, just keep in mind your performance is directly related to that. Yep. Let's see here. Let's go on stage. Anybody, uh, uh, anybody have any questions that uh, while you're up here on stage? Um, Levi, I have two questions for you. Um, you know, you talk about a side hustle and you talk about um, what affiliates. And you had said at one time that you didn't make that much from affiliates. You've got such a following. Everybody wants to do what you do. Um, do you want to do more of that or it's just that's what happens? Nobody really does, you know goes off and orders, you know, uh, mics or, or, you know, um, well, I would, I would say, first of all, Mia, the, uh, I, I wouldn't really consider affiliates a side hustle. I consider a side hustle is like something that takes your time, energy, and effort to put into it. So for me, uh, affiliates are just things that we have in our description or in our program that are, that are, uh, it's just a shortcut for people so they don't have to go search out exactly, uh, you know, right. find their own stuff. Or like, hey, we use this software. Hey, we use this equipment. And yes, we actually, I mean, probably right now, I mean, we earn, uh, I don't know, five, 6000 a month probably from affiliate type of services on different things. But it's, it's you know, that's a direct value back towards the people that use those services. We know they work because we use them. So and we likely bought them from some other affiliate, right? So we, we right. Uh, found them through somebody else's program or just our own experience. And then we're like, okay, now we curated the list and put that through there. So that could be, I mean, that's, that's more of just like a revenue stream, I would call that, versus a side hustle. 
Right. Okay. And the very, very best way to reach you because believe it or not, I looked at my profile. I've been doing great shorts and then it kind of like petered off. I don't have a profile. I, it's like, why wouldn't I, I? I thought somebody set it up for me. I never looked at it till the other day. And that's one you, thing you say is if your profile's not set up right, well, guess what? So that's something that I would like you guys to help me with. And so what's the best way to reach you so, you know, that we could get that done? Which profile do you want looked at? Uh, my, um, uh, my YouTube profile. <laughs> Is that something that is the same as Google? Uh, well, there's a Google business profile. Right, but it's not. It should be the YouTube is different than the Google, right? Yeah, just DM uh, DM me your the okay. link to your channel. I'll take a look okay. at it. I'll take a look at it for you. Okay, thank you. You're welcome. All right, any other questions on stage? I'm going to check the chat. Uh, let me see. What's the best way to reach? Oh, <laughs> that's Mia. What's the best way to reach you? Uh, what's the subject of your number one video? The subject of my <laughs> number one video is don't move. Negative. To, don't move. Yep. Yeah. Don't move to Dallas. Uh, so that's like the th that's the thumbnail. Don't move to Dallas. Of course, we give uh, you know some reasons that people find. I mean, this is just. I mean, we've talked about this a lot of times. I mean, negativity right now wins you look at all these people talking about the market crashing and they have they they get a ton of views now I don't know um, some of them are not real estate agents uh, some of them are I'm not sure what that does for business if you make videos every week about the market crashing I mean why why would somebody call you uh, because and I and I look at the comments. I look at the comments. They're all negative, and it's all everybody's like, "Oh yeah, that's exactly why I'm waiting to buy." You know, I'm I'm just waiting and waiting and waiting. And you know, it's the same people that were saying that the market was going to crash in 2020 and 2021 and 2022, and now the market crashed in 2023. And now, like NAR just came out with an article stating that, well, the housing recession is over. That's it. Uh, you know, and, and with inventory and demand and everything else that, that plays a role into it, I mean, we're just, do you see the market crash coming? I don't know. I know in Dallas, at least, we're in a very stable market. Yes, we had, you know, a two crazy years during 2020 uh, to 2022-ish there, but things are kind of leveled off, but... I just, they're not, prices are not going to drop a hundred, 200,000 in Dallas. They're just not going to happen. There's too much growth and opportunity and expansion and, and the economy and, and everything else that's going on here that it's, it's, uh, you may have your next window, uh, between now and December because of seasonality, you might see some drops, but those drops, uh, during the next few months, at least in Dallas are likely going to be higher than the prices were last year. So uh, will they drop a little bit lower than what's happened this summer? And probably so, but those prices will st still probably be higher than last year. So you, you likely still missed out on a good 20, 30K in equity possibility. So, you know, that's just something that you have to have those conversations with people and help them understand the value. And I heard a really good point today, my good friend Mark, uh, he said that regardless, even if home prices stayed the same for the next 10 years, they didn't appreciate a penny. You're still building equity because of principal buy-down, you know, uh, contributing towards the, the equity in your home, which is a really great point. And so, you know, we're always thinking about appreciation, appreciation, but, you know, if you get appreciation along with principal reduction, then then your equity uh, can really grow significantly. But even if there was zero appreciation, the market just stayed flat for the next five or 10 years, you're still paying that down. So if values remain the same, you're still going to win in the end. But, you know, all those types of things are just different scenarios that you want to be talking through and, and helping educate your clients just so they make a decision. I'll tell you, none of our clients that bought last year or the year before regret that. So, uh, you know, they all have equity in their homes. Uh, we're seeing a lot of homes right now. We're getting under contract still 
getting appraised at 10, 20, 30,000 above what we're contracting at. So a lot of these clients are still walking in with some equity with what we're seeing. So, you know, there's just different opportunities out there, but the negativity, uh, now we, we, in our video, we kind of spin that, uh, you know, as far as kind of giving the counterbalance. So we kind of start out with the negatives of, of living in Dallas, but then we, we say, okay, but you know, this is not so bad or that's not so bad. And of course at the end, so, and, and it's really the main one we've done. We don't focus on that every single week. And, uh, but it probably wouldn't hurt. It, it's definitely uh, clickbaity. you know, it'll get people to click and watch. And, uh, but our second most viewed video is, uh, what is that? Is that a, oh, isn't it another Plano video or something? No, it's the pros and cons. No, it's a property. It's a it's a, a I listing tour. I thought it was tour. the pros and cons of Dallas. No, Why our number yeah. No, our number two video is a property tour. Um, oh, you're right. It's uh -huh. a three point eight million McKinney house, huh? Yeah, the McKinney house, which is awesome. The next one after that is the top five suburbs of Dallas. The next one after that is what does three hundred k get in Frisco, Texas? Um, the, the next one is a community, just a community tour. So uh, the one after that is top eight neighborhoods in Frisco. So um, so what we've noticed is like, don't move to Dallas. That's a 28 minute video. Uh, Frisco's top eight neighborhoods. That's an hour video, one hour. That's a lot. So it's just something that we're seeing a lot of the longer videos are withstanding the test of time, which is why over the last... A uh, month or two, it, we've been focusing on making longer videos uh, just because that's what we notice in our analytics. And and I'm working on uh, combining videos. Uh, you know, So if we go out for a vlog tour, instead of just doing a vlog tour and then coming home, let's say if we do a vlog tour for 20 minutes and then go home and make a separate video of pros and cons for 20 minutes, it's like, why don't we just do the pros and cons with the vlog tour and make it a 40-minute video? All right, yeah, and then we're we're already out and about in the community, and then we can actually talk and show the the pros and cons. So that's just something that we started to change up over the last month or two, and it's been working really well. Those videos are doing better than before, all ranking, all getting um, browse traffic, uh, search traffic, and growing quite quite well. So just some a couple of different things. Always working on. Uh, what can we do differently? What can we do better? We've we had another listing video that's recently taken off. Uh, let me see. It's gotten like 5,000 views in the last um, few days. So you know, but it also took uh, took what uh, a little bit over just a month. It, it had slow, steady growth for the last month, and then it just you know it's taken off in the last two weeks and really grown significantly. So that one's pretty good. So we, so our listing videos do do well. You know, some some will say don't ever do a listing video, and I just don't think that's the case. I think you should be highlighting that because that's going to help you get the next listing as well. So the, you know, again, there's I would just never, n n never. <laughs> I'm I'm about to give you an absolute, which is never get caught up in absolutes. Uh, never get caught up in absolutes. So anytime somebody says, never, ever do this, well, I'm like, okay, I, I can usually find something that counterbalances or counteracts that or something that, uh, you know, throws that, that theory off track. So I think everything really comes down to experimenting with your own channel. Now, we've completely developed the, the best, you know, program out there, the passive prospecting program to walk you through. It does take you from, from nothing to, uh, the successes that we've seen over and over and over again by following a model. And, uh, but at the same time, you're going to hit a point to where you're, you're going to have to start experimenting and venturing outside of the, the guidelines of that model. And that's what I also tell people. I'm like, look, what we've developed for you is just a, is a model. It's a, it's a, it's a head start. It's a super shortcut. It's going to uh, help you find success and get success. But ultimately, you're in a completely different market, completely different area. You're a completely different personality. And what really works for us may not work for you or vice versa. So that's where once you start to really develop that business, you want to start uh, venturing outside the lines. Start doing those experiments. Start testing some things and seeing what, what could really work for you in your area. If you want to do videos in a different style or different manner, 
it just comes down to experiment you know make it fun and the more the more videos you make the more repetitions you get the more comfortable you get and that what's that's what leads to uh, experimentation and having fun with it and trying new different things so um so and yes zach your listing video it's over that's over 1600 views right now and that's for a small area in uh princeton texas out there that video is actually doing really well a little bit better than i was expecting just because you know princeton's not a high traffic area you could say and the home's 430,000 but but that's a popular price point and it's gaining some traction so we'll take that uh, but it helps people see especially in that price range they're going to they're going to like that if you can show them your videos that are getting a lot of views and traction and and creating some interest in that home then then i think that's a good thing so all right, well, I'm going to wrap it up, close it out. Was there anybody else on stage had any questions? Or Chrissy? You're going to tell me one more. Is there a place that, other than Canva, I go down a rabbit hole with my thumbnails and they stink? So is there a place that you can like cut and paste or that help you with doing the right thumbnails? I mean, I think, in my opinion, I think, hold on, let me. Um, in my opinion, I think Canva is probably the simplest place to do that. Chrissy, you got any suggestions? No, I mean, Canva is kind of the easy place to go just because the AI takes care of a lot of um, a lot of the design for you. My entire team uses Photoshop, which is a lot more in-depth, but you get a better result. But for Canva, it's great for beginners, so that would probably be the only place I could really refer you to. Unless you wanted to go to Fiverr. Now, if you wanted to actually hire somebody to do it, we obviously can do that for you as well. But if you wanted to just get a designer, that's the only thing you needed. Fiverr is a good place to go for people to actually design those thumbnails for you. And, and that's a good alternative as well. Okay, thank you. That helps. And I guess I don't use the AI on Canva. Um, so I've seen where when I do TubeBody or somebody, you get... And it made a total difference, like with the title and the thumbnail. It's just like trying to put it all together. I'm working on it, though. Awesome. Well, that sounds great. All right. Any other last-minute questions before we wrap it up? I just want to thank you all for joining us today. Make sure you get a copy of Passive Prospecting on uh, on Amazon. Uh, Tracy? Yes, two quick questions, and I'm sure you can give me two quick answers. So the first one is, should you wear, do you recommend wearing solid colors versus uh, different colors while you're videotaping as to not distract the viewers, or does that not matter? Uh, I think fits your personality. You know, I think um, for what we're doing, we do a lot with an iPhone or if I'm working with my videographer, uh, I, I wear all kinds of different stuff and sometimes the brighter colors just pop a little bit more and I, I'm not worried about that now when we filmed with when we filmed with HGTV you know they told us uh, certain patterns and things like that we couldn't wear but they're you know they're they're super super high definition cameras so that was a big deal but if you're working with an iPhone or even a regular Sony camera uh, you should be fine okay great the next question and final is what has been your experience with doing voiceovers? If you're going through a community and you're in your car driving through, how has it been with voiceovers? What, what's your take? Uh, I've actually been experimenting with that more and more. I like them. I think it's a nice little break to not uh, <laughs> have to do everything on camera. So it just depends. I think uh, what we've been trying out on that is a little bit more factual data you know if we really want to get into some specific data and uh, or we've been including like a little history almost like a little history lesson on the area so there's different things where I've been doing some more voiceover and I think as long as it's worked into the video well then then I think that could be that, that I think it works I think you know when I look at I look at TV shows. I mean, it, I don't watch a lot of TV, but now whenever I do, I watch it from a, a producer standpoint versus a consumer. So, you know, I look at other YouTube channels, especially ones that have hundreds of thousands of views or subscribers or things like that. And I just try to watch how 
they they do these types of things. And and so I think if you watch something like on the History Channel, uh, you know, I think which are always interesting stories, there's a combination of maybe somebody on camera, but then you have voiceovers. I mean, I was just mentioning like a, a Anthony Bourdain, right? No, no Reservations, I think, was his show. And he did a combination of talking with the camera, talking with the locals, and then voiceover. You know, there would be parts where they would play B-roll, and he would kind of tell that part of the story or give some, you know, stats and data. So I think, you know, incorporating those types of things in there is it keeps it interesting, breaks it up a little bit, and uh, I, I'm, I'm a fan of it right now. I don't think, I think it's helped our videos. We've been doing it a lot on our recent videos, and I think it's okay. Thank you. Yep. Yeah, just make sure you got some good B-roll and things like that to to keep keep the uh, screen moving, you could say. All right, well, thank you all for joining us today. That's it for Passive Prospecting. Hope you found some value in this. Uh, if you are listening on the podcast, please rate and review. That helps us out quite a bit. We just hit over 100 reviews on the uh, Apple podcast, which is amazing. We're about to hit 100 reviews on our book on Amazon, Passive Prospecting. So if you have bought the book on Amazon, please leave a review. We would love to break over 100 reviews on Amazon. I think that'd be super cool. Uh, we're still uh, top sellers in a couple of different categories, which is really amazing. So appreciate your support on that. And until next time, we will see you next week. Thank you for joining us on today's podcast. If you're interested in partnering with us to access our YouTube course and coaching at no cost, schedule a call at PassiveProspectingPartner.com.